welcome to the Sharing Life Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope that you are blessed by this message. Father, we give you this day, we give you this hour, we give you this moment, we give you this woman of God. Lord, she belongs to you. Lord, she needs no introduction. She's already had it, Lord, and you've got a divine purpose for her being here today. There is no doubt in my mind or in hers, God. You're doing a work, God, that we don't understand. We can't even figure it out, God, but that is A-OK, God, because all we need to do is trust you. We don't have to lean on our own understanding. We don't have to figure a thing out, God. All we've got to do is lean into you, and that is just what we've done today. I thank you for anointing her. I thank you for appointing her. I thank you for bringing her to this house, and I thank you for the word that she has to release to us, God, straight from from your throne room, Lord, and I praise you that you gave her, what was it, strep throat, so she could <laughs> lie in bed, receiving from you, resting in you, preparing for you, and I thank you for strengthening her throat so strong thank today you, that he, she doesn't even need to shout to the devil, because he's already run in fear of what's coming. Hallelujah. As we submit ourselves to you, God, he will indeed run, and we are submitted and whole in Jesus today. So we thank you, Lord. Bring it on, Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just give the devil a big black eye, everybody. I want you to clap your hands. Say, Jesus. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the devil thought he was slick. He thought he'd throw some sickness on me, try to take my voice. But guess what? The devil is a liar. I'm here, and I'm here to share the word that God's given me for you. Praise the Lord. And so I'm so excited to be here. Praise God. I'm so thankful for Pastor Susan and Larry. God bless you. You guys are such a blessing in my life, such an inspiration. And you all are very blessed to have them as your leaders. They're very humble and uh, we thank God for them. And uh, I want to give a huge shout out to my family over here. Um, for those of you, this is my husband Jay and my two boys, Austin and Israel. If you guys could just wave and say hi. <laughs> Uh, praise God. I don't even know where to start. I'm so excited. I have so much in my spirit to share with you. Um, but first, I want to start off, I want to share. God's given me three words today for you. So you guys better buckle in, get ready. <laughs> so uh, I have a word for Pastor Susan and Larry. I got a word for the mothers. And I have a word for all of us in here together. So praise God. We thank the Lord for that. So I want to start off, I want to share with you, um, Pastor Susan and Larry, what the Lord had spoke to me. Um, you had said, you know, when I came in here a couple weeks ago, about two years ago, the Lord showed me this tree. And this tree has been in my spirit for two years, okay? I keep telling my husband, telling my kids, I keep telling them about this tree, and when I walked into this church a couple weeks ago for evangelism training, and I sat here, the Holy Spirit told me, Christine, I want you to look around. I looked up there, and there was the tree. Praise God. And I'm telling you, the Lord, the Bible says in John 16, 13, the spirit of truth will lead and guide you. He will show you things to come before they happen. Hallelujah. God showed me that tree. I seen that tree. I, was, I knew I was destined to be here. This is a divine appointment. And uh, hallelujah. And uh, so... I knew it was special. I knew there was something special. But yesterday, as I was seeking the face of God, I said, Lord, what do you want me to tell Susan and Larry? And I, oh, I'm going to cry. Hallelujah. This is so good. God took me to Genesis 28, chapter 28, verse 12 to 17. And he confirmed in his word to me how special this place is. 
And here it's Jacob. Jacob has a dream. And in verse 12, it says, and he dreamed, and behold, now this is, a, this is a word for you two, okay? And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and at the top of it, it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Hallelujah. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. There is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Hallelujah. The Lord wants you to know how awesome is this place. This is the gate of heaven. He showed me there's a ladder on earth and it's reaching to the heavens. And there's angels on high. They're ascending over this place and they're carrying you too to your purpose. You will not go to the left. You will not go to the right because he already has angels ahead of you. They're over you. They're ascending you and they're taking you to your destiny. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he told me to tell you that this house is like Bethel. Bethel means house of God. It's where God's presence is in a special way. It's present in a special way. He showed it to me with a tree, but he confirmed it to me in his word. He said, Bethel was the site of Abraham's altar, and it's a site of worship and sacrifice. And you confirmed it to me up here during worship when you said about worship and sacrifice. I could have ran laps around this place. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. So... The Lord is very pleased with you. He said, how awesome is this place? This is a place of worship and sacrifice. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So all my mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. So happy to see you this morning. And, you know, parenting, I will say, that's the hardest job. It gets me every time, beats me down. You know, we try to read all these books. We try to figure it out, you know. We have these high expectations, and they never turn out how we expect it, but we thank God for his grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. And so, uh, Mom, if you're watching, happy Mother's Day. I love you. Um, But this is what I want to tell the mothers in here. This is from the Lord. And, um, you know, I feel like there might be uh, some moms in here that may feel a little defeated, a little discouraged, but hallelujah, we serve a God. Jesus brings the dead back to life. Death could not hold him down. Jesus died on the cross and he rose back to life after three days. Praise God. He brings the dead back to life. And this is what the Lord wanted me to tell you today. He took me to Hebrews 11 verse 35 and it said, women receive back their dead by resurrection. Praise God. I don't know what situation you're facing with your child. I don't know if they're addicted to drugs, if they're bound by homosexuality, whatever, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. I tell you what, Jesus brings the dead back to life. And he said, women receive back their dead by resurrection. So I declare resurrection life over your children today. And he also took me to first Kings. He showed me the woman, uh, the woman at Zarephath and the woman, the Shunammite woman. These were both women. One was wealthy. One was a widow. But guess what? They both had kids 
that were dying. They were on their deathbeds. But guess what? I've come to tell you that when they held on to God's promises, when they stood on his word and they kept the faith, their children came back to life. Hallelujah. And God sent me to tell you today that your children are coming back. They're coming back to life and they're going to be resurrected. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to encourage you today. Those women stood on that promise, and God wants me to tell you, these are your two promises. You need to write them down. Hebrews 11.35 and 1 Kings 17.22. 1 Kings 17.22 says, The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. So those are your two promises that you need to stand on. Your child is coming back. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. If you believe that, you need to take 30 seconds. Just clap. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for bringing my child back to life. I thank you, Jesus, that addiction has to bow down at the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Homosexuality will not control my child. They are coming out of that bondage in the name of Jesus. Depression, anxiety, you will not control my child. They are coming out in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy meant for bad, God's turning it around for your good today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God. Thank you, God. Whoo, I'm fired up. Oh, Jesus. All right. Before we jump into today's message, I just want to introduce myself real quick for those of you that don't know me. Um, my name is Christine Atkinson, and um, I have not always been in this position. I just want to tell you that um, I love Jesus. Six years ago, Jesus Christ changed my life. I had a radical encounter with the Lord. I, I grew up um, in a, a broken home. My father went to prison when I was 14 years old. I witnessed him try to murder my mother, and uh, I saved her life. Thank God Jesus was there. He protected her. But when he left, I was very broken. I was very, I hated the world. I hated everybody. I turned to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. And uh, for many years of my life, I was a drug addict. And uh, yes, I, I used to stick needles in my arms. I was that person. Um, in 2012, I was diagnosed with hepatitis C. And, uh, but thank God, I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to be perfect for God to perform a miracle in your life. Because let me tell you, in 2012, there I was addicted to drugs. I was pregnant with Israel. And the doctors told me that I had hepatitis and that I was going to die. And let me tell you, this what Pastor Larry said earlier, you know, about healing. Sometimes you got to believe it. You have to believe it first before you receive it. And as a child, I grew up. I remember my mom taking me to church when I was a little kid. I remember hearing about miracles. I remember hearing people, seeing people get uh, healed. And uh, I just, that was in my spirit. And when I went to the doctor in 2012, they said, uh, we're going to start you on some medication and uh, so we can get this out of your system. And I looked at the nurse and I said, you know what? I said, I believe in God. And I said, God's going to heal me. I said, I'm not going to have to take any medicine. God's going to heal me. There I was, a drug addict, telling a nurse, God's going to heal me of hepatitis. Doesn't make sense, right? 
The nurse said, we're going to get your liver levels. We're going to take your blood. We're going to have you come back. I said, okay, that's fine. So I go, get my blood levels taken. About five days later, I'm at work. I'm at the Princess restaurant. I'm standing out back smoking a cigarette. And I get a phone call. And uh, it was the doctor. And the doctor says, you know, Christine, I haven't met you. He goes, the nurse told me what you said. He goes, I can't believe it. We got your blood test results back. There's not a trace of hepatitis in your blood. Hallelujah. I never had to take no medicine. Our God is a healer. Our God is a miracle working God. And you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect for God to perform a miracle in your life. His grace and his mercy is chasing after you. He loves you so much. The devil, you know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give you life and to give you an abundant life. And if anyone's ever told you that Jesus put sickness on you, that is a lie from hell. Our God is a healer. Hallelujah. And so, fast forward, 2014, uh, I was still strung out on drugs. I was still trying to figure out how to get off drugs. I tried doing the methadone clinic. I thought that would be the safe way out, you know, at least I'll live, at least I know what I'm putting in my body, but I'll tell you what, methadone just, that was the worst, I, that was, I I could not get off of it, and uh, I began to really reach out to the Lord, and uh, at that time, Israel's dad told me, you need to go to church, Christine, you're going to end up in jail, you're going to be dead, and I'm telling you, I ended up in church, I, I humbled myself, I went to church, and I'm telling you, the Lord really began to, to move on me. And March 27, 2014, I went to church and uh, I was trying to come off methadone. I was trying to get off drugs. I couldn't do it physically. My flesh was too weak. And uh, I'll never forget it. I sat in church that day uh, and the Holy Spirit told me, today's your day. You're going to be set free. But the Lord gave me an instruction. He told me to go up to somebody I didn't like. And he said, He told me, you're going to be set free today. But he said, I want you to go up to her, tap her on the shoulder, and tell her to pray for you. And I thought, you're kidding. I'm like, can't you pick somebody else? (laughs) Come on. Listen, the Lord will give you instructions that don't make sense, but you got to trust him, okay? you got to trust him. It's not his ways aren't our ways. And let me tell you, I humbled myself. Thank God. I'm so glad I did, or I wouldn't be here today. And I went up to that woman, I tapped her on the shoulder, and I said, listen, you need to pray for me. And, and uh, I said, God's going to set me free today. And she's like, what are you dealing with? I said, Jesus told me he's going to heal me of addiction today. He's going to set me free. And uh, she looked at me, and she said, do you know what you're up against? I said, yes, I do. I said, Jesus already healed me of hepatitis. He told me he's going to set me free today. Go get your friends, and you're going to pray over me. Hallelujah. And thank God, Pastor Peoples was there. They came up. They took my pill bottle. They started shaking it in the air. And I'm telling you what, the fire of God, the presence of God, fire. I felt fire. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. Because I'm telling you what, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like rushes. And I'm telling you what, I felt the fire of God come down through my body. And I felt the demons leave my belly that day. I woke up on the floor about an hour later. I was wrecked, making up all over my face, but I'm telling you, here I am standing, what, almost seven years later. I have not done drugs. I have not smoked a cigarette. I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so ever since that day, nobody in this world will ever tell me that Jesus is not real, that he is not a healer, and that he is not a miracle-working God. Jesus 
has done, he's revealed himself to me, and now I'm just passionate to share his word and to, uh, to others and to just tell everybody about Jesus. And so uh, that's a little bit of my background, and I'm, this, I'm so excited about this. God has taken me to 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, our sermon today, the title is going to be called, Do Not Allow Pride to Rob You of Your Miracle. And hallelujah. And yes, I'm preaching to myself, okay? This message isn't just for you, all right? The Lord's been dealing with, this, with me for this since February, praise God. And it's been so strong in my spirit, and it's been so real to me that I cannot help but share it with you. So if you guys have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open up to 2 Kings chapter 5. So while you're doing that, I'm just going to pray real quick. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity, Lord. God, I thank you for your word, God, that you have given me. And God, your word says in 1 Corinthians 4.20 that the kingdom of God is not of talk, but it is of power. So, Lord, I pray that you would anoint me, God. I pray, Lord, that your words would go forth. God, your word is alive. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, that it would speak to the hearts of the people. And Jesus, I just ask that you come and do what only you can do in power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So, 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to start um, with verse 1. I'm just going to read this off to you real quick. So, uh, this is uh, Naaman. It's, he was healed of leprosy. Now, in verse 1, it says, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was also a leper. <laughs> he was a great man, but he also had some issues. How many of you in here have some issues? I know I do. Come on, church. <laughs> All right. So he was a great man, but he had some issues. He was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord, Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. So the king thought, This guy is trying to start a fight. I can't cure nobody of leprosy. Verse 8 says, But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean." But Naaman was angry and went away saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. So Naaman, he's this great 
guy. You know, he's a commander in the army. He's led these people into victory. He's very well known. He's wealthy. He's got a lot going on for him. He's very well respected in the community. And so he's thinking, you know, he travels out of town and he goes and he thinks the prophet's going to come out to him and talk to greet him, have this big old ceremony, you know, make a big deal out of it. But he didn't do that. He gave him an instruction and he got mad. And so... Verse 12 says, um, so Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I thought that he would come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Whew. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hallelujah. Praise God. There was Naaman, he had leprosy, all right? Leprosy was like a big deal. It was a skin disease, right? It, 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 there was no cure for it. It didn't go away. It, it, you got these sores and, on your skin, and it was just very uncomfortable. Not only that, but it had a bad smell, okay? And he had leprosy. But we can learn here, if you can go to the next slide, please. In this story, we can learn so much from this. And... Um, there's a couple things that I want to teach you today from this. Um, number one, miracles change people's hearts and lives, okay? So here is uh, Naaman. He had this great miracle. Jesus healed him. And if we go on, I'm not going to go on and read anymore, but um, if we fast forward into verse 15 um, and to 19, it goes on to talk about after he got healed, he decided that when he goes back to his town, he's, he's going to lay down his uh, other idols, the pagan god, the, the other offerings. So he, he, it changed his life. Just like with me, when I had that miracle, when I had that encounter with Jesus, it changed my life. I began to pursue Jesus. I began to read the word. I began to, uh, to pray. I began to go to church. You know, I stopped doing the things that I used to do. I stopped, you know, I, I, I turned away from my sins, you know. And um, just like with him, it changed his life, okay? It changed his heart, his attitude. Um, another thing is don't allow pride or anger to rob you of your miracle, all right? Sometimes the Lord, we been, there are people in here that I'm sure have missed out on miracles because of your pride, You've allowed your pride to rob you of your miracle. And because sometimes God gives us instructions that don't make sense. You know, he told me to have someone pray over me that I didn't want to. Okay? He might be telling you to do something, but your pride gets in the way. You don't want people to know what's going on in your life. You don't want to be seen. Maybe, you know, you don't want the publicity. You don't want, you don't, you, there's all these excuses. Okay? We want miracles, but at the same time, we don't receive them because of our pride and because of our anger. Naaman could have very easily, he had to humble himself so many times in the story. Here's this great commander. He's the, in the army, right? He's wealthy. He's well-known. He's got it all going on. Um, 
But in verse 2, we find out that he listened to his servant, okay? He actually had a, a woman, a girl, a young girl that was his wife's servant, and she said, oh, you want to be healed? I know a man. I know how you can be healed. And someone of his, uh, he, he didn't have to listen to her. Back then, you know, you're a captain uh, in the army. You don't listen to your servants and slaves. You know what I mean? Especially a young girl. Yeah, right. But he humbled himself. He listened. Then it, it even tells us he got angry in here. When he got angry, when the prophet didn't come out to welcome him or to greet him, he could have very easily said, screw this, I'm out. How many times do we get angry? We let our feelings and our emotions just rock our world. Yep, peace. Yeah, all right, see you later. He, he could have very easily done that. He could have said, screw you. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I just traveled out of my country to come here, and you won't even come out and greet me? Who are you? He could have very easily left. You don't have to be perfect for God to perform a miracle in your life. Amen. All right? You do not have to be perfect. Praise the Lord. God wants to perform miracles in your life. Yes, he does. I love this. They got this blanket up here. Miracles happen. Amen. Yes, they do. Yes. Miracles lead to faith. Yes. Here he was. He had a miracle in his life. And I'll show you later in the scripture. But after he had that miracle, it changed his whole life. He started to do things different. Same thing with me. I had that radical encounter with Jesus. It changed my life. Not only did it change my life, but it changed my children's destinies. Hallelujah. It increased my faith. Uh, we don't have to earn or pay for God's blessings. Our God is merciful. So, and I'll show you here in scripture later. Here, he took a lot of, he took money. He took about $77,000 worth of money because he thought that he was going to pay to be healed. And, you know, sometimes we have sickness and we think, you know, oh, we'll go, we'll pay the doctors, we'll get the best, we'll get the best. And, um, but the Lord wants you to know that we don't have to earn or pay for his blessing. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. He loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. And he wants to heal you. Hallelujah. Amen. The next thing, a humble leader listens to his servants. A humble leader listens to his servants. So this, this man, he would have not received his miracle if he would not have listened to the people below him. So some of you in here, there might be people positioned in your life that maybe you look down on or maybe you think they're nobodies, but I'm here to tell you, do not look down on others because you never know who God has positioned in your life to help you and to take you to where you're going. All right? Next point, it's okay to do simple things, all right? Sometimes the Lord's just asking you to do something simple. He's not asking you to do something big, extravagant, or great. You know, sometimes he just asks you to do something small and simple, okay? It's okay. It's all right to do the simple things. Uh, and the last one, humility, uh, giving credit to God for our blessings, Okay? When God does things in our lives, we need to make sure that we stay humble. We need to make sure that we give God the credit for it, okay? Sometimes we try to do things our way, 
and because we want the credit for it, but God's ways are not our ways, and he wants to do things in and through you so that he can get the credit, okay? So sometimes you just got to step out of the way, and you got to be obedient, you got to humble yourself and listen to what he's telling you, okay? Because his ways are not your ways, and sometimes we try to figure it all out on our own, but he has, listen, if you want to do it your way, you're going to miss out on the blessings, and you're going to miss out on the abundance, because like Susan said, Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or think. That's how he wants to bless you, okay? And when you get in the way, you're going to rob yourself of those miracles and those blessings. All right, let's go on to the next slide. So, uh, in verse 1 here, uh, it says that Naaman, he was the commander of the army. He was a great man, but he also had some issues, all right? So, that's where it comes from. You don't have to be perfect for God to perform a miracle in your life, okay? Praise God. You guys, I'm sure all of you got some issues in here. You're standing in miracle territory today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go on to the next slide. All right. 2 Kings 5, verse 2. Uh, do not overlook the people positioned in your life. All right. Don't overlook them. He had this servant girl. She worked for his wife. Young maid, young servant, female yet to boot. He didn't have to listen to her, but she told him, she said, uh, my Lord, where the prophet who is in Samaria, he could cure him of his leprosy. So she said, I know how you can be healed, but you got to travel. You got to go over here, and I know a prophet that can cure you. Hallelujah. And uh, so thank God, Naaman, he, he listened. He listened to that little girl. Let's go on to the next slide. Uh, point number three, don't be alarmed when things turn out different than planned. God's ways are not your ways. Whew. Wow. Sometimes we go through things and we're like, what in the world is going on? My life's turned upside down right now. And you might think it's the end and you might feel like you're defeated, but Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith and what he started, he will finish. Hallelujah. No devil in hell's going to stop it. And so here... He thought he had it all figured out. He thought, you know, that he was going to, he traveled out of the country, right? He spent, I, I don't know how long it took him to get there, but just picture traveling out of the country, okay? You want to get healed, so you're going to travel, you're traveling to, to another country. You get there and you think that they're going to come out, greet you. Oh, hey, Susan, we're so glad you're here today. You know, have this big ceremony. Everybody come see, greet, come greet the, the commander of the army. No, that is not what happened. So he received his humble pie that day, right? It wasn't how he expected it. Here, he gives them an instruction. He just tells him to do something. He didn't even come out to see him. He got angry. He was furious. And, you know, he, at that point, he could have just packed up his bags, traveled back home. How many of us sometimes we get angry at God? Or we're in situations and we think, what is going on? Let's go on to the next slide. God's ways are not your ways. 
So in verse 12, uh, he tells him, so he tells him to go dip in the Jordan River. Well, guess what? The Jordan River was like the muddy, dirty river. Who wants to dip in the muddy river? Here, back home, he has these two rivers. Uh, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but uh, Abana and Far, Far, however you say that, those were the rivers that were crystal clear. They had the pretty little flowers, the clear water, the sunshine. Everything was beautiful. That would have been the easy route to take, right? Why can't I just go dip in those rivers? No, he got told to go dip in the muddy river. Now, why in the world do I want to go dip in the mud? You're telling me to wash and be clean, but you want me to go dip in the mud? That don't make sense, right? No. He, he was angry. He could have stayed at home and dipped in the clean rivers, right? And that's us. We, we have it all planned out. We think, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do it this way. But God is like, no, I want you to do this, or I want you to do that. And we get so in our flesh, and we allow pride and our anger to prevent us from getting our miracles. But he really wanted his miracle. So guess what? In his mind, he questioned. And that's us. We all question. Sometimes we're like, God, what are you doing? We question. We doubt. You know, and we try to come up with our own solutions. We don't want to be uncomfortable, right? We don't want to look like a fool, okay? The night that I took my drugs up to the altar, nobody wants to make a fool out of themselves, come up in front of a whole church load of people, hey, I'm a drug addict, here's my drugs, okay? How foolish. We don't want people to know our business, but how bad do you want your miracle? How bad do you want it? Oh, I got to tell you this. Here's another story. So after I got saved and stuff, I was selling drugs. And one day the Lord told me to take my drug money and put it in the offering. And I thought, yeah, right, I can't do that because I was told you can't put your drug money in the offering. And I told the Lord, I said, all right, I'll do it. Well, guess what? I was disobedient. I got the money. I went. I re-upped. I went and bought some more drugs. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, the drugs stopped selling. People quit coming. And I am a giver. I would hook people up. I was never selfish. I would always put a little extra in the bag. You know, I was that girl. And I said, God, if you just let me sell the rest of this, I swear I'll give you the money. I promise. Well, next thing you know, I start getting knocks on the door. People start calling. So I got rid of what I had. And I'm telling you, it was Sunday morning. I was getting ready for church, and the Lord reminded me. He said, Christine, you put that money in the offering. It's not pure. And I said, okay, Lord. So I went to church. And, of course, my mind, I was thinking, well, I can buy tires. I can pay my rent up another I can pay my rent another month. I'm thinking of all these things I can do with the money. And uh, thank God I was obedient and I humbled myself. I put the money in the offering because the next day my neighbor came up to me and she said, hey, Christine, did you see what happened last night? And I said, no, what? And she said, how'd you miss it? She said, your car was surrounded by the police last night. I said, what? She said, oh, yeah, they arrested so-and-so. She said, there's a big drug bust. And here it was in the newspaper, biggest drug bust in Frostburg history. 
Now, hallelujah, here, the woman that I was selling pain pills to, she went and sold the pills to an informant, ratted out the other guy, so two people that I was dealing with got nailed, went down. And guess what? If I wouldn't have listened to the Holy Spirit, and if I wouldn't have been obedient and humbled myself, guess what? This girl would be in jail. I would have went down in the newspaper with them for the biggest drug bust in Frostburg history. Praise the Lord. So, we need to listen. You want me to do what? You want me to put my drug money in the offering? You want me to dip in the dirty mud? You want me to go up to the altar and ask for prayer for my marriage? I don't want them knowing I got marriage problems. You want me to give a prophetic word? I don't want to be embarrassed if it's wrong. There's things the Lord's telling you to do. Yes. It might not make sense. It's definitely not going to make sense in the natural. But we're walking in the supernatural. Praise the Lord. There's a difference. It's not going to make sense. The Bible says he went away in a rage and his servants reached out to him and spoke some truths to him. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful for the people God's placed in your life to speak some truth into you? That Jen, yeah, Jen, woo! Praise the Lord. We all need somebody to speak some truth into our life. And it might not be who you expect it. Here it was the servants. His servants came up to him and said, Hello, he's not asking you to do something big and great. He's asking you to dip in the water. Go do it. He said, if you dip in the water, you will wash and be clean. Now, he's asking him to do something simple. If he would have told him to do something big and extravagant, maybe that cost a lot of money, maybe something that was dangerous, I'm sure he was a risk taker. He probably would have done it. But here, he was asking him to do something small. But that was too hard for him. Why? Because of his pride. He didn't want to do something small. He's used to doing the big, great stuff. And that's some of you in here. You're used to doing the big, the great stuff. But God's saying, I want you to do something simple. I've already gone before you. I've already straightened out all the paths. I'm just looking for you to humble yourself and be obedient and do something simple. He wants to glorify himself through you. And if you do it on your own, he can't glorify himself. He can't get the glory. Right. Have you been angry? Have you been confused? Questioning what God is telling you to do. If the prof... Uh, all right, let's go on to the next slide. What was Naaman concerned about? Was he concerned about his reputation? Was he worried about being laughed at? You want me to go dip in the dirty water? Why? So everybody standing out on the riverbank can laugh at me and watch me point their fingers? Ha ha, look at you, fool. That's probably what he was thinking. He was probably scared that he was going to make a fool out of himself. He did big things. He didn't want to do something small. What about you? What are you concerned about? Are you worried what your neighbor thinks? Are you worried about the publicity? 
You can go on to the next slide, hon. Are you worried about people pointing and laughing at you? Jesus was pointed and laughed at. He was mocked. It's okay to do simple things. He relented. He humbled himself. He did not allow pride or anger to rob him of his miracle. If we go on to verse 14, it says, So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan. Now think about this. He didn't just say, go down to the river and dip once. He told him to dip seven times. How embarrassing. Not once, not twice, not three times, four, five, six, but seven times. So he did it. And what does the Bible say? It says his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He was clean. Now, it doesn't make sense in the natural. He dipped in the mud, the dirty water, but it made him clean. Let's go on to the next slide. This miracle led him to faith in God, and it changed his way. In verse 15, it says that he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and he came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So accept now a present from your servant. He had a new attitude, thanksgiving, reverence, and humility. He knew at that moment in his life, he had that one encounter with the Lord, and it wrecked him. It changed his life. He said, I know there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. And I love it because I can relate. You know, I grew up as a child in church. I heard about miracles. I, I seen them, but I had never experienced them. But I'm telling you what, all it took was that one encounter with Jesus and it changed my life. And I pray for you today. If there's any of you in here that need a miracle, I pray that they're released today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we go on into 2 Kings 5.17. And it says, Then Naaman said, If not, please let there be given to your servant two mule loads of earth. For from now on, your servant will not offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any God but the Lord. Hallelujah. He repented. He changed his ways. He said, You know what? I'm going to go back. I'm no longer going to give burnt offerings to any other God. Hallelujah. He said, I just want to offer them to the Lord. He gave up his pagan idols then and there. Right then at that moment, he gave them up. And he asked that he would be allowed to take back two mule loads of dirt to never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants the credit in your life, okay? He doesn't want you to try to figure it all out, okay? We run around, we try to do all the work, we try to get it just perfect, but God wants to give, God wants the credit in your life, okay? So here, it tells us in his word that he brought all this money, okay? And after this, he tried to give the money to um, the prophet, and he wouldn't receive it, okay? He wouldn't accept it. Um, he couldn't pay the doctor to cure him. Both the Israelites and the Syrians knew the river could not heal, heal leprosy. Um, 
Naaman needed to know that his healing was a miracle from God through the prophet. Okay? It would be impossible for him to credit his cure to any human or natural means. God wants to be glorified and get the credit. He has a unique way of showing up and showing off. And it's not going to be how you anticipate it. Okay? It's not going to be how you anticipate it. So if it would have been his way, he would have went, he would have took the money, he would have paid for his healing, and he would have left. But God said, nope, 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 I'm going to have you dip in the water. It's going to be dirty, it's going to be muddy, but you can't get the credit for your healing. That man can't get the credit for healing. The only person that can, can get credit for that is the Lord. So let's go on to the next slide. It takes humility and obedience to receive a miracle. Hallelujah. You have to humble yourself and you have to be obedient. He thought he was such a great man and that it would be an honor for the prophet to come out and to lay hands on him and to touch him and to pray over him. But God thought differently and that really hurt his pride. It really, really hurt his pride. But what we can learn from this story, I think is so great, is that the Lord wanted Naaman to learn a lesson in humility and a lesson in obedience, okay? Not only was he teaching him humility and obedience, but he was also showing everybody else around that he was the miracle-working God, that God got the credit for it. He wanted men of all ages to learn that God does not honor human greatness and that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. If this would have been man's ways, he would have paid for his healing, and he would have been able to go and see them be paid and be healed. But God had a different plan. Naaman received his miracle. It was humility over pride. And I want to encourage you guys in here today. May the spirit of humility rest upon you. May pride bow down in the name of Jesus. May you receive your miracle. Some of you have been praying for some things, and God wants to release it to you, but he's given you a small instruction. He's, he's told you something simple, and you're questioning, and you're doubting. Your pride is saying, no, no, no. But if you just humble yourself, he wants to release that miracle to you in the name of Jesus. Naaman listened to his servant. He traveled out of the country to seek help. He overcame his anger and his pride. He listened again to his servants. Not only did he listen to the little girl, but he listened to the other servants that told him, like, hey, he's not asking you to do something big. He's telling you to dip in the water. Go dip in the water. And uh, he humbled himself. He dipped in the water seven times. Don't be afraid to get down and dirty and dip in the muddy water. Do what God is telling you to do. And, yes, I'm preaching to myself. I recently just took a new job. The Lord has me working at Chick-fil-A. And I'm telling you, my pride didn't want to do it. But praise God, I know that I got a miracle on the other side, so I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to listen to the Father. 
Humility over pride. It's obedience to God's word that was the issue. It wasn't the quality of the water. It's the obedience to God's word. What is God telling you to do? Think about it. What's he been telling you to do? It's not the quality of the water. It's being obedient and listening to his word. Naaman wanted the easy path. He wanted to dip in the streams back home, the ones with the pretty flowers and the sunshine and the clear water. He wanted to take the easy path. He didn't want to dip in the muddy water. But I'm here to tell you today, when you humble yourself and you're obedient and you get down and dirty and you dip in the muddy water, you will be washed clean in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Too many of us lose out on our miracles because of our pride, our arrogance. We don't want the publicity. We don't want the attention. We don't want the humility. We don't want the embarrassment. We're worried about our reputation. Maybe you don't want to offend somebody. Maybe the Lord gave you a word to give to somebody, but you don't want to speak truth to them because you're scared you're going to offend them. Maybe you just don't want people in the church to know your business. Or maybe you've worked too hard to get to the position where you're at in life. You've worked your way up the ladder, and now God's telling you to work at Chick-fil-A, and you're like, wait a minute. I, I got promotion after promotion. I've worked my way here. I got this. I got an office. I've done this. Now you want me to do what? Don't put yourself on a pedestal. God's ways are not our ways. And I'm telling you, when you decide to take God's ways, your life is going to be so much smoother and easier, and the blessings will just be so much greater. Hallelujah. Stop robbing yourself of miracles and the blessings of God because of your pride. God wants to glorify himself through you. He wants to give. He wants the credit. He wants all the people sitting around to sit back and say, how did that happen? He wants the glory. How is she paying for that house when she works at Chick-fil-A? It don't make sense in the natural. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God wants to glorify himself through you. He wants the credit. Humble yourself before the Lord today and receive your miracle. I don't think, do you want to come up and play keys? I'm almost finished, hon. God does not offer his blessings for a price a person would be able to pay. We cannot earn or, we cannot earn or pay our way. Hallelujah. Naaman was healed 
because of a merciful act of God. So I just want to ask you today, are you in need of a miracle? Do you need healing in your body? Open up your ears. Listen to what the Lord is speaking to you today. He's saying, trust me. Just trust me. says, I'm not asking you to do something big. I'm not asking you to do something great. I'm asking you to do something simple. Wash and be clean. And so I just want to end with this today. If there's anybody in here that's believing God for a miracle, if there's anybody in here that's sick, that needs healed, we just want to open up these altars to come up here today, receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody in here today that doesn't know Jesus, that hasn't accepted Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior, Today is the day that you can be washed and made clean. If you say, I don't know Jesus, I've never had an encounter with Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that will change your life. anybody in here that's been struggling with pride today's a new day you can repent Jesus Holy Spirit have your way in this place Father God I pray for every person in this room today Lord Jesus Holy Spirit, begin to minister to them, O oh God. Speak to their hearts, O oh Lord. Jesus, may all hidden things be revealed. Hallelujah. Lord, if there's anybody in here, God, that is in need of a miracle, Lord, I pray, God, that you would touch them today in the mighty name of Jesus. We just speak healing over them in the name of Jesus. anybody in here right now that has sickness in their body, I'm going to ask you to come up here to the altar. We're going to pray in Jesus' name.
sickness has to bow down at the name of Jesus. Anxiety has to bow down at the name of Jesus. Lord, your word says in Psalms 107:20, you sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destructions. Oh, Father God, Lord, Jesus, heal them today, oh God. Deliver them, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Father God. Oh, Jesus. There are two things that Naaman and Christine, one thing that Naaman and Christine have in common. And I just sensed that in the house this morning. That commonality is repentance. Repentance means turning away from what you know is not working in your life, what's not pleasing to God, what's not making any sense. It just continues, causes you to stay in that pattern of, of not working out, of, of not going forward, of just actually stepping backward in all things. Repentance is turning from your sin. One of the sins called out today is pride. Our pride, thinking that we know better than anyone else, that we know better than God himself, is one area that needs repented today. And I just want to incorporate that. I heard Christine bring that in as well. If you know that's an area in your life, just, just lay it down. Make your chair that altar and lay it down. Say, God, I don't, I'm not doing it right. It's not working out for me. Insanity is doing it over and over and over and over and over and over again, thinking I'm going to get a different result. I don't want to be known as insane. In fact, I don't want to live a life of insanity. So just as Christine taught and just as she shared, she repented. She came into agreement with God and said, you know, I've had enough of my sin. Sometimes our sin is just simply the choices we make. They're the choices we make. And perhaps God isn't even calling you to dip in a dirty river. Perhaps what he's calling you is simply to say, I surrender, God. It can be that simple as a prayer that just says, God, I surrender. I agree, my ways aren't your ways, and I need to turn from my ways. I need you to show me that new way because it's in our obedience and it's in our faith that we walk in newness of life and I just encourage you today just make it right with God just confess God I'm not doing it right this way of mine isn't working for me so I'm going to give you a try and I need you to come and I need you to show me God a new way to do it. So take my life, Lord. Turn it around. I'm throwing my ways down. And I'm looking to you, Jesus. Rebuild me. Remake me. Give me a fresh start. Help me to begin again. And God, do me a favor and send someone. 
Send someone to walk alongside of me in this journey. Send someone. You know, for some of you, you're already sleeping with them. And I mean that in a good way. You've got a wife or a husband in bed with you that already knows the way to the Lord. And you might just need to roll over and have a little pillow talk. And say, tell me about your Jesus. Tell me about your Jesus. What do you know about a man named Jesus? Because I think I need his help. I spoke earlier and I shared about Robert who determined that he was going to walk because Jesus healed him. Sometimes we live as a victim. We live as a victim and we keep coming to the altar and we keep saying, Jesus, heal my marriage. Jesus, take away my addiction. Jesus, fix my finances. That becomes our identity. It becomes our identity. Sometimes we have to live in faith, believing that the work has been done and we're going to live in it. And if we look at our words, we live defeated. We look at our, our, our Facebook posts and they're all about being defeated. But that's just false humility. It's false humility. It's exactly what Christine was speaking about today in that word. To live humbly saying, I give you this. I choose to walk in my healing that you did, that you did. So those broken relationships, no, I'm declaring them healed. My finances, I'm declaring them restored. And I'm willing to lay it all out there. It's not easy to open up and say, this is who I was. (laughs) But that's the victorious life. It's the victorious life. So consider that today. Stop living being a victim. Walk in victory. It's what he bought for us on the cross, victory. So walk in that today. Whatever it is, my addiction, my finances, my relationships, 
I'm declaring victory and I'm going to begin to walk. And when I get to the end of that walk, I'm going to walk healed. So do that today. That's humility. That's submitting ourselves to the Lord, submitting ourselves to the victory that he won for us on the cross. Not so that we live and walk broken as victims, but that we walk strong and proud and tall, be with a testimony that this is what Jesus did for me. Amen? Amen? you for listening. Sharing Life Ministries is located at the Life Center, 48 West 2nd Avenue, Ridgely, West Virginia, or follow us on Facebook.